Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This podcast is now brought to you by Bracken.Design, an assets company that are now giving Creative Waffle listeners 20% off if you use code WAFFLE20 at checkout. With Bracken, there's no limited PSD templates or Photoshop actions that will rasterize your type. This means that they're really easy to use and they can give your work that little extra edge, especially when you're creating sports graphics, textures are absolutely key and using premium textures can really set you apart. So there's a link down in the description below. And if you use WAFFLE20 at checkout, then you'll get 20% off. Please do go and check them out. They're well worth using in your work. And with that 20% discount, they're absolute steal. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. That, that was crazy that you're from the same uh, same part of the world as my my partner, um, same town. It's incredible. It's a really small world, but it's even weirder that you worked for a company called Hirons. Do you, do you pronounce it Hirons or Hirons? Yeah. Okay, Hirons. Because so that company, I, I've <laughs> I've always wanted the name domain name Hirons.com. Obviously, it's my name. It's not very common. And then yeah. I found out there's this company, a huge huge advertising company called Hirons. I'm like, oh no, I'm never going to get it, am I? <laughs> so. Um, yeah, well, I guess uh, introduce yourself uh, to the audience. That'd be great, and uh, just tell, tell tell them a bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so my name is Grace Winnegar. Um, Like we just talked about, I'm from Evansville, Indiana, originally. Currently living in Seattle, uh, Washington, uh, and I work for the Seattle Seahawks, I'm digital design coordinator. So basically, focus on digital design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, what what was your experience like at Hirons and and for the people listening give it give it a, a bit of a understanding of what they do as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was bizarre as well that your last name was <laughs> that. I was going to ask if you were related to the owner. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe I am. I've done a twenty three andMe test recently, and maybe <laughs> maybe it'll come out that I'm eventually related to them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, yeah, so. Uh, it wasn't my first job out of college, but it was my second, and uh, we focus on just advertising and um, mainly like crisis communications and public relations. So, um, you know, our clients would mostly come to us for, you know, design, branding, website uh, design and development, uh, but also when they were in a crisis. So. The last few years working with them, especially through the pandemic, was pretty wild um, because we pair with like a lot of hospitals, banks, um, a lot a lot of um, companies that needed uh, just like emergency uh, communications to get out to all their clients saying, hey, like this is what's going on um, because of COVID-19. And so we were very busy the last few years. (laughs) So a lot of quick turnaround stuff. Just, yes. Yeah, yeah. Extremely fast turnaround. Um, it was stressful, um, but enlightening. It really helped me like hone in my skills and make quick decisions and stick to my gut and just you know crank out work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you obviously carried on that moving into the sports industry as well. So it's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> fast-paced world. Um, what, what what made you move into the sports industry? How come you're uh, you're interested in that? Well, actually, um, my good friend I went to college with, we were in the same class, same design um, classes and stuff. She works for them and was like, hey, we have a position opening up under me, and I think you'd be a great position or a great fit for it. And so basically, she's like, 
please interview with us. You know, I'd love to have you on my team. So I interviewed and the rest was history. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So did you know you wanted to move to uh, Seattle before before you interviewed or was that just it just came up? No, I actually had didn't really know much about Seattle. Um, I did have a cousin here, but I'd never visited before. Um, and yeah, so my significant other, we were planning to move to like Colorado, maybe California, something like that. Um, and yeah, so Seattle just wasn't really on our radar at the time. Uh, but after this, you know, interview with them and things started to become a reality, I was like, okay, we should probably look into Seattle. We should probably learn about it, see if it's actually going to be a fit for us. Um, and it's been lovely. We absolutely love Seattle. It's the rain is great. Everyone complains about the rain all the time, but it, it's really not that bad. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just spoke to uh, Mel, my partner earlier on about the, um, about moving to Seattle. And there's something, so my, my goal is to eventually come to America and work for a sports team. I don't know what, where it'll be yet, but Seattle is obviously, uh, similar to the UK, I guess, in sort of weather, in weather terms, but rain, I don't mind the rain at all. I quite like it. Um, uh, and, and you know you still get hot days as well. You're in America, and it's it's yeah. I think it'd be a good place to move from the UK. I think I could acclimatize well. Yeah, probably. Um, so yeah, I, I, the thing is, I don't know much about sports. Uh, I don't know much about the American uh, American football, so it's a little bit of an issue. Uh, how how long do you reckon it would take me to learn it? Oh, you'll catch on quick if you go to a few yeah. games and um, you know just watch a few sports teams, you'll, you'll catch on. Um, I wasn't like a big football person before I started working with the Seahawks. Um, and I quickly got sucked in and now it's like my life. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so you, do you have more of a local team back from back home or, or are you, wait, not really? Um, Evansville, not really, you know, just probably college uh, level football, like Notre Dame, Purdue, um my cousin my other cousin went to notre dame so that was kind of in the family so we went to a few of those games um iu football was pretty big as well my brother went there mm-hmm. uh, but nothing like uh nfl level um and then eventually when i moved to indianapolis you know i was a fan of the colts so i did follow them for a little bit here and there um but again, wasn't like a huge uh, football person until the Seahawks, and they converted me. <laughs> nice. I always find it crazy how how big uh, college football is in America. It's so yeah. it's huge because we don't have anything on that sort of level where it's it's not quite the the pro pros, but it's they're still amazing. They're still learning. They're still like, it's, yeah. Do they earn? Do they earn? Is it a full professional contract, or are they trying to get into the NFL? I think it's just they're trying to get into the NFL. Okay. Um, they're not paid um, in college. So there's, I don't think they're supposed to be paid in college. Um, okay. I think it's just for, you know, the potential to make it into the NFL and get drafted. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, the, to what you, saw, you said about Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I saw their designer uh, post on, uh, must have been Instagram or somewhere or Twitter or somewhere. And they've got some wicked designs as well. Like, yeah. I just think the resources that go around the American sports is fantastic. It like, is, uh, yeah. It's inspiring seeing all of the other teams, what they do. It's it's like, wow, I have to keep up with all this. Like, they're so good. 
Yeah, how do you do it? Do you, do you guys constantly look at other sports in America or do you look outside America? Or? Um, you know, we look all over. Uh, we try not to consume too much of what other teams are doing because we want to make sure that the Seahawks brands like stands apart from them and like we're, we're our own voice and our own style. So it's kind of like a balancing act between looking at what other teams are doing, but not letting it um, influence us too much into what trends are going around the sports design world. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? I mean, so I'm I'm a one-man band. At, sorry, cricket. It's just a cricket theme. Um, they probably, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what sort of site. I mean, maybe a small soccer team in America have one designer or an NHL team. Um, but it's pretty lonely. And as a designer, wow. you know, you're not, you know, you're not talking to other designers each day. You're not learning from people. But you've got to keep looking around and, um, you know, try and speak to people like yourself on podcasts to learn and um see what people are influenced by uh, so i'm constantly looking around and yeah maybe that's maybe that's a little bit uh maybe we should keep looking inside uh and inside sorry and for inspiration <laughs> but yeah uh so do you take much of uh much of seattle in in into your work and how like do you, do you get much of the city into your work yeah we try to um so the seahawks we have this special thing that we have, you know, 11 players on the field and we have this thing that we call our fans like the 12th man. So we really try to integrate our fans and like their world into our team to like really make sure they feel like they're a part of it. Um, so that involves including so many Seattle things. So in our graphics, you know, we try to involve like you know the nature, like the trees, the rain, the clouds. Um, you know, iconic places downtown, like the Needle, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, we, we definitely try to get that into our designs as much as possible. Mm, nice. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's something I think I need to do a bit more at, uh, at Surrey is look at, because it's, it's more, it's a more of a, it's a county, which is sort of like a state equivalent. Um, it's a little bit trickier, but it's trying to find the identity of the whole state is, is a little bit tricky, I guess. The perception would be it's quite posh, but that's the whole of cricket, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit tricky. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd uh, I'll have to look into that. But do you have any? Um, how, well, how do your team? How does your design team work at Seattle? Do you, do you have any creative sessions or? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we have a small design team. Um, we have about four designers, uh, one creative director. Um, design uh like my manager she's a digital designer as well um and then we also have like a marketing um designer who focuses like on the print side of things and like marketing campaigns um and then i'm nestled under the digital side and then we also have our seasonal intern who she kind of spans across a lot of things we try to give them an opportunity to try print work digital work um you know if if um, we need to do anything like packaging wise or a bus wrap or something, we try to give them every opportunity they can to learn and grow and figure out if this is like the right field for them. Um, and then we also have like our video team. So they're also creatives. I mean, technically they're not designers, but we're kind of like all lumped together. Um, and then like our motion designers, uh, people who'd work on stuff for the stadium and then for stuff like on social media as well. Um, so just four to five in the main team. And then I think it grows to about 15 or 20 in all. Wow. 
Wow, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's cool. That's a good that's a good size team. Yeah. Uh, so you, are you within the main team? Yeah. So my background is just traditional um, digital design. I've dabbled in print, um, but yeah, I was hired in to do uh, digital specifically. So um, I'm within that group of four. Sweet. That's wicked. Uh, is that, is that uh, so sorry, so who did you say, the, what's the hierarchy like? Yeah. So um, creative designer, I'm sorry, creative director, um, digital design manager. Um, she's same level as our marketing designer. Mm-hmm. And then I'm underneath them as the digital design coordinator and then our intern. Nice. That's a cool structure. Yeah. Well, so that's something I'm trying to, so one, one goal of the podcast is I'm trying to speak to as many people from different leagues and different perspectives. Um, I guess trying to implement it in, into the work that I'm doing at Sorry as well. And uh, I guess the, the intern would be, would be amazing, but I have like an intern for the season. That's a really interesting thing because it does ramp up massively during the season and you get so much work on. So what's their role during the season and um, are they paid? What's like, do you have a program involved? Yes. So all of our interns are paid. Um, and we have a couple different times of the year that we hire interns, obviously for the season, um, for like design, um, video has an intern content, um, kind of like the big areas of our organization that um, work the most during the season, we all get a seasonal intern. Um, and then other groups like community or um, outreach, they have interns usually during the season, but also off season as well. Um, so there's a few different programs that we have. Um, yeah, I think, was that all the questions? I think I answered. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you think that helps helps the design team? How, uh, how important are they during the season? What sort of stuff do you give them? Oh yeah, they're um, critical, especially like our design intern. Um, it kind of changes every season or at least the last um, two interns that we've had, it's all I've been here for, but um, kind of depending on their skill set and where they're at as a designer, we kind of fluctuate their responsibilities. Um, we always push them, we always try to give them, you know, cool projects and things that are like crucial for a portfolio. Um, our intern this season, she's just fabulous, um, came to us with like a lot of, um, knowledge, a lot of experience, even though she was fresh out of college, um, she had a lot going for her. So we threw her right into it and she comes to me or comes with me to the game days and we work together and she works like on score graphics, um, updating those throughout the game, um, doing player cutouts and helping me with like stat graphics and stuff. Sweet. I love doing that sort of stuff. That's cool. Really cool portfolio uh, work as well. I did get in there to be doing it live during the game and yeah does American football work so, so could could the score change really dramatically at the end or is it quite consistent um, um you sort of know where it's going honestly anything could happen um you know you get down to the last two minutes things get a little crazy especially if yeah. you know it's a tight game but you know if we're up by a significant amount or the other team um in the last two minutes you kind of know which way it's going to go um, but last night we actually just had a crazy game uh, against the Raiders. Uh, we were neck and neck. We were tied. We went into, you know, we ended the regulation quarters and then we had to go into overtime. Um, and it was just a nail biter. Um, the Raiders had the ball 
and then we had the ball and then they got it back and then they ran a crazy long yardage for a touchdown and unfortunately we lost but it was it was really crazy it's a fun game do you guys put out final score graphics if you lost yes sometimes we do <laughs> sometimes we don't we like to take you know a pitch of you know what social media is looking like and you know what our fans are saying online but usually we do um in last game you know even though we lost we played i think well and we held our own up until the end so we did put out a final loss graphic unfortunately <laughs> yeah well that, that was something we were we were very uh careful of during the season as well like stats yeah. graphics if you lose yeah. right <laughs> can be tricky sports is funny working in sports is really funny that way it you is know? you don't get that in business like you're not working in a business or uh, other departments but yeah um yeah so i am definitely going to try and see what we can do about the intern thing and sorry because that's that's a really good uh good way to get somewhere else into industry a really good way to help um help the intern but also get a little bit of help during the season for for you guys yeah. as well um, absolutely yeah, what what sort of person do you look for as an intern? Um, like, who, what sort of skills would qualify? Well, I'm not directly responsible for hiring our interns, but I do sit in on the interview process, and we're mostly just looking for someone who's eager to learn, who you know has a good grip on things. Obviously, an interest in sports um, that's great. Um, just kind of shows that they're going to be excited for the season and be able to hold out because sometimes it can be a little exhausting getting through an entire season. Um, yeah, it's basically, we're just looking for someone who, you know, has got a good head on their shoulders and eager to learn. Nice. Do you have a, is there a potential to hire them afterwards or is that not really? Yeah. Um, so that does happen, uh, pretty frequently. Not every intern gets hired, but, you know, a handful might get hired after a season. Um, yeah, it happens. Nice. Is uh, Seattle quite expensive to live or is it? So we're trying to compare it to London. Yeah, it's kind of expensive. Um, yeah, if you're looking for a place to rent, you know, you, you probably won't find anything under two grand. It's probably about. Yeah. yeah. So for what, what sort of bedrooms is that? <laughs> Uh, just like a one bedroom. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. So if you, and it depends, like if you live outside of the city, you can find places for a little less, but if you're going into the city and you want to live somewhere safe, you're going to probably be paying a pretty penny. <laughs> See, that's very similar price to London, I think, um, which I was, I was quite shocked. I, I think I thought that'd be a bit cheaper than London, but I spoke to uh, a sports photographer from Venice in Italy uh, the, the other day. And he was saying, probably looking at in Milan and it and Rome, you're probably looking at about fifteen hundred euros, which wow. is uh, which is it's a bit cheaper than London, and it's, it sounds like a bit cheaper than uh, where you are as well. Uh, yeah. I'd love to move to Italy. I don't know any Italian though. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit tricky. You can get around. You can get around. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know any either. I went for just a vacation for a couple of weeks, and. My mom kind of led the way, but, you know, <laughs> we got around. We we lived. <laughs> nice. Where did you go? Uh, we went to Rome for a few days. Um, beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. It was great. The museums were wonderful. We went to, you know, the fountain, saw all the iconic locations. Um, then we popped over to Sorrento, and we did Capri, and somewhere, somewhere else I'm forgetting now, but 
Yeah, I think we ended our vacation just living over in the Capri area. It was wonderful. Nice. Yeah, very cool. I love Europe. It's such a such a cool, such a cool part of the world. It's so very diverse as well. You've got so many different countries, and yeah, very lucky to be living over here and being able to quite easy access from the UK. Oh yeah, but, uh, very lucky. But yeah, well, coming to America one day. But uh, <laughs> well, that's a good question actually. What what advice would you have for for someone that's worked in sports or working in sports and wanted to make the move from a completely different market to the American market? Um, I would say top priority would be networking. Get in touch with people like you're doing already. Obviously, like you've connected with a lot of creatives in the industry. Um, so I would just continue to do that. Uh, that's, you know, how I got my position here was through a friend. Um, and yeah, I would just continue networking, getting your work out there. Don't be afraid to post it and, you know, just get feedback from other creatives and yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, I, think, I think I'm trying to tick those boxes. Um, do you think there's much opportunity to to go into more of a senior designer role from, from outside the US? I'm not, sure, I'm not sure about all the legal stuff. That's my concern. Like moving mm -hmm. to America and would they hire me because I'm not from the US? Could they sort out the paperwork? How do I get that sorted? I'm, I've no idea. But um, would, would there, if, if that was good enough, would you think they would still choose me over someone in the US? Um, I think it just is going to depend on the team. Um, I think people favor people who are local. Um, so like if you move to the US and you'd be willing to move to the city or the state that that team is located, that would be a huge win for the team. Yeah. I think they'd be really happy with that. Um, but we do, um, with the Seahawks, I can speak for us, we do have a lot of remote workers. Um, we have riders like all over and, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, online and connected i think that is enough for us at times it's great to see everyone's face um but you know i'm i myself i'm remote about 70 percent of the time um i go into the office um for games and i go about twice a week just to connect with people have meetings and such um and then obviously working like all the games um at our stadium yeah oh wicked that's good to know um jimmy so you have do all your remote designers work in Seattle or do they, they have any further up? Um, yeah, we are all based in Seattle. Um, our intern, she moved here just for her internship. So she's originally from Indianapolis, actually, which is crazy. <laughs> um, and so she moved here for, you know, the duration of her internship. Um, and then the rest of us all do live here. Yeah. So a lot of people move around. I'm, I'm quite I'm surprised by how many people move that far um, in America. Like they they go to a completely different state, quite far away from the family. You have to take a flight to catch your family back, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it's brave. But I mean, you know, Mel's done it as well. She moved across the world to uh, you know, <laughs> to um, come and study theatre. So, so yeah, I mean, crazy. Yeah, people are that brave. I mean, I guess one day I'll be doing it. But um, yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's interesting. It's good to know because I'm, you know, eventually, eventually looking to move over, obviously, and uh, it gives me a bit of confidence knowing that if I move somewhere, hopefully you'll be able to get in. Um, yeah. If you're know. a person and you've got a great, you know, portfolio, set of work, and you have some connections, 
it can go a long way. Yeah, good. That's good to know. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll keep going. But um, yeah, do you, do you know uh, well what's what's like what's, what's like the hire rate in 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 America? So do you hire many designers or, or in in sports or is there a lot of people looking for jobs? What's like the most the market like at the moment? That's a great question. I'm actually not very sure. Um, to speak on our design team, um, you know, our creative team, I think we're looking to hire like maybe another videographer or two. Um, we would love to bring in another designer to our group, you know, whether that's our intern after her season or someone else. Um, other than that, though, I can't really speak to what the rest of the market looks like. I know a lot of people in tech um, have been laid off recently here. Um, but yeah, I can't really speak to other teams, what their hiring rate looks like. No, that's, that's, that's cool. I mean, so yeah, so in the UK, to give you a bit of context, I mean, it's, it, I've noticed that a lot, of, a lot of sports teams after the pandemic, and coming towards the end of the pandemic, really churned their, uh, their staff, loads of designers, got new jobs loads of people moved around within the sports industry jumping between sports um it's a really interesting time i don't know i don't know if you noticed the same in america but it's a very very interesting time to be a designer yeah um yeah I, I wasn't um with the seahawks until about a year and a half ago um but i do know that you know they lost quite a number of people from our team during the pandemic um as a lot of you know larger companies did wasn't sure what you know, the outlook of the next year or two looked like. Um, and I myself made a career change during the pandemic. So I think a lot of people reassessed where they're at and, you know, thought might as well make a change right now. Um, everything's changing around them. So might as well join. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you guys see anything, um, any, um, I guess, do you move to other teams in Seattle? So, like, a lot of people in London will move between teams. Um, and you see on the CV, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, you know, keep moving around London teams. Do you have the same within the Seattle sports teams? Um, so, we actually have, like, a pretty great um, relationship with the other Seattle sports teams. So, you know, we kind of get to know each team a little bit. Um, a little bit better every year. Uh, we do like a big like creatives like networking event. We just That's hosted right. it back in August, and you know we had people from the Sounders come out, the Mariners, um, uh, OL Rain, um, yeah, and then also from like the University of Washington, we had some people come out. I'm sure I'm forgetting a team here, but um, yeah. So we had oh yes, Kraken. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so we had everyone get together and we did some networking and it was really nice to meet everyone. Um, I haven't noticed, you know, at least from the Seahawks, people leaving the Seahawks and then going to like, say the Kraken or um, the Sounders, but I'm sure it happens. And since we have such a great network, I'm sure everyone would be happy to work together. Yeah, that's wicked that you do that. Because that would really, really be useful within, within cricket or you know, well, but, but the thing is, there's obviously not people working. We've got us and there's another team in London, but there's not really teams that work in the same area of the country. What what uh, what do you guys discuss and what do you talk about when you're on those sort of meetings? Um, it's a little bit of what we're doing, you know, just talking about, you know, your work environment, you know, what your role is, you know, what your specialty is. Um, if you really get to know someone, you can talk about your passions outside of work. 
Um, it's really just getting to know more creatives in the area. Um, we all have our head down in our computers for so much of the year. It's like, you know, we come up for air and we actually get to meet each other. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, is there any competition between the teams? Like, do, do you ever not share something because you're, you're worried about they're going to steal some ideas because you're all from Seattle and you try and incorporate the system in the same way or Uh, That's a great question. Um, I myself, I don't feel any competition with other teams or other designers. I think we can all learn a lot from each other. And, um, you know, sometimes like the sounders will do something very cool with one of their designs. And I'm like, hey, guys, like, let's, you know, learn from this. Maybe we can try to do something like that on our Instagram story, like how they did this overlay or something. you know, I, I mostly look at it like that. We learn from each other and we grow with each other um, rather than it being a competition. Nice. That's a good political answer. I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm sure, I'm sure that's, that's, that's all good. Have you ever heard of a guy called Design with Dan? So Dan, Be- Dan Beltran. He, uh, um, he used to, so he did some work with uh, the Seattle Sounders a while ago. Uh, I think he used to work there as their in-house designer, maybe. Okay. Uh, at least freelance. But he's... he's I mean, many people consider him like up there, up there with like the best in the industry for um, for design. I'll send you his link later on, but he's, um, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Uh, someone who's been on the podcast years ago as well. So it's, yeah, really, really talented designer as well. Very cool. I would love to yeah. see his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it over. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what people can do in Photoshop. I just... <laughs> I saw that some of the so sharp some of the images and the way they bring the colours out and the contrasts are fantastic. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So one thing I was interested in chatting with with uh, people in sports design is how do you create a season look? How do you go from season to season and make it different, especially with mm-hmm. the same guidelines, same logos, same colours, pretty much the same kit, unless it's like someone comes up with a crazy pattern they put on the kit. Um, how what's like what's the Seattle Seattle Seahawks process for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a great question because we just revamped like our overall brand styling for this year and for the coming three years, I think. Um, so basically, we work with a someone who does brand design specifically, um, and we meet with him and we talk with him about like what we're looking to achieve over the next few years. Um, so we're really focusing on um, just like overall, like what the Seahawks, like what their mission is and like what their goal is and how we can reflect that in our brand guidelines. Um, so we just did a refresh um, and it's now been in, fe- in effect since the draft. Um, and yeah, we basically just refreshed like a few of our fonts. Um, we actually add some colors in this year. Um, a couple neutrals just to kind of break up so much of the green and blue. Um, and it's really proven to be um, a, just an asset in in um, the brands like versatility and like how far we can take um, our designs, adding in like a, another type of gray or an off white that's a little warmer. It's crazy what it does um, to freshen up those graphics. Yeah, that's a really good point. So so, so the colors I'm working with on a daily basis are like a light dark egg blue, blue, uh, and a brown. 
<laughs> okay, those are good colors. You can do a lot with that. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you know, but I think your point of uh, having neutral colours as like greys and whites and using the blue and grey, blue and brown sparingly is is mm-hmm. huge um, because we've yeah in the past well, before before my time with this tends there's a tendency to just go blue a white a blue wash on everything um, yeah. and all the signage around the ground is the same uh, it's mm-hmm. like. It's a bit much after a while, um, yeah. so we're we're trying to pair it back and trying to be a bit more careful how we use it these days, um, and going into next season. So currently it's the off season at the moment. Um, cricket season's in the summer, so uh, yeah, we're just thinking about everything. Um, actually, that's good. I want to ask you about that as well. How have you prepared for the next season? How, like, what do you do in the off season that gets you ready for the next season? So, well, it depends. Um, you know, when the regular season ends, you know, last year we did not go to the playoffs. Um, so our off season began a little earlier, um, which was really lovely. Um, we rested. Very important. Um, don't forget to rest. Actually step away from your computer. That was um, like a main thing that we focused on. And, you know, my manager, um, she does a great job at making sure we don't get burnt out and that we actually have moments to just relax and take time off. Um, So that, that was the first priority during the off season was resting. Um, And then we come back after about a month and, you know, we start focusing on the draft. We start focusing on free agency period. Um, We start building up, you know, some ideas for that. We'll have a few meetings, talk about, you know, what's the messaging for this and what's the idea. And, you know, then we'll break apart, come up with a few ideas, get back together. And um, yeah, we'll end up coming up with a theme or a look for free agency at the draft. And then we start building out things for the season. So um, things for in-stadium, um, social media. Um, yeah. Nice. So a lot of work goes into off-season off, off to prepare for the season. Yeah. Um, a lot of thinking. That's that's the one thing that I'm keen on doing now is the thinking, the process behind it. Um, that's, that's so important. I, th- I think I've fallen into a trap of creating pretty pictures there's not much reasoning behind it. I think a lot of designers, especially in the sports scene, do that. Uh, their match day posters can be very much that um, yes. if you let them. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been victim to making things pretty and have no thought behind it. <laughs> but yeah. it's really important to know, you know, what you know, what audience are you trying to reach? You know, is there a certain age group that you're trying to hit with a, with a design or a campaign? And keeping the end user in mind always is definitely um, a way to make your graphics very successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I've, uh, I saw on uh, Behance earlier on from the Seattle Seahawks uh, design team is the uh, you had a, let's say a, pro- a project about so I think it was your young membership pack. Well, okay. It was a young. It, it was a young. Um, it's tended to your younger audience anyway, and that's something. That's basically a process I'm going through right now. Is how do I refresh the audience, uh, the, the the membership materials for the younger audience at the moment? So it's seven, well zero to sixteen uh, is mm-hmm. the audience. So it's quite a wide audience. Uh, how, yes. how were, you, were you involved in that project at all, or, or do you have any guidance on how you would uh, approach a project as big as that? I don't think I was involved in that project. It might be before my time because I'm not very familiar with it. Um, 
But yeah, I would just do a lot of research. Um, learn about your audience as much as you can. Um, maybe seek out um, other design work that fits into that um, that persona that you're trying to hit. Um, kind mm -hmm. of observe what they're doing, see if it's successful. Uh, maybe come up with a few different ideas. Don't just get pigeonholed into one look. Um, which is very difficult when your first yeah. when your first idea you think it's really good and you put all this energy into it and then you're like oh I have one more idea and you make it in like ten minutes and then that's what everyone loves yeah, yeah. It's really fun when that happens um, but yeah don't get pigeonholed you know be experimental um, as much as I don't like to play into trends. Um, Maybe when you are trying to target a certain audience, it might be a good idea to do a bit of re research on design trends and, you know, what that age group or demographic is um, enjoying or looking at often. Um, yeah, I would kind of just do a lot of research and don't be afraid to get weird and crazy with your designs. I've noticed like younger audiences really like out of the box stuff. So a lot of the graphics that we um, experiment with, they tend to perform pretty well um, when we do something different. So don't be afraid to get out of the box. Nice. That's good advice. Yeah, I'll take some of that on board. Yeah, there's uh, definitely room to create a mascot. Oh, we really, so the cricket club has got a mascot, but an animated mascot or like a, you know, an illustrated one on, on you know, affected. Um, so yeah, it's definitely going to be create something with that and play around with that and create a few different characters that we can use. Um, yeah, because the, the main the main rebrand of the, of the it's called Pride of Lions, so it's young younger. I must call it Lion. Um, so yeah, we're definitely trying to refresh that and uh, we'll keep keep that in mind. Um, yeah, it's good, good stuff. I mean, it's got me, got me thinking, but uh, I know you're running out of time, so we're going to go into the last couple of questions okay. of uh, <laughs> the of ask people on the podcast. Um, so whose work are you looking at right now and who, who do you really enjoy the work of? That's a great question. Um, well, I just broke into the Twitter sports design world. Oh, yeah. Um, so I am getting acquainted with a lot of the really talented sports designers out there um, just through social media, Twitter specifically. Um, there's this one designer, I believe his name is Grant. It's either Grant Walker or Grant Wayner, maybe. Um, I should probably know his last name, but he's very talented. He does these beautiful compositions for the Rams. And, oh, I'm sorry. Is it the Rams or maybe the Chargers? I'll have to look it up. But anyways, he does this beautiful work. It's very cinematic. His coloring, his photo editing is just on point. Um, yeah, he's a big inspiration right now. Amazing. Yeah, I'll definitely check him out. I'll try, I'll try and we're, we're just going to share a load of links after this podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And if there's anyone, honestly, if there's anyone you you think that would be good for me to chat to or do uh, a podcast with, or you want to know more about and you want to hear their story, definitely interested in, um, in hearing a few names as well. For sure. Um, I think that's how I find your work as well, yeah, Twitter. I think it's, yeah. Yeah, um, Twitter's great for networking and spreading things around. Um, you know, just the other day I was on Pinterest looking for some inspiration um, for our throwback jersey announcement that we just had yesterday. And I saw something I posted on Twitter, reposted on Pinterest. So it's kind of beautiful, like 
I'll just post a few things on Twitter and then they're spread everywhere. And I didn't even post them other places. Um, It's really beautiful how the work just spreads around there. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a great, it's a great uh, industry. I mean, it's a real strong fan base of sports designers going in there. It's, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's wicked. Um, We'll we'll skip over, unless you have any other uh, advice, but we've done quite a lot of uh, advice for junior designers already and people wanting to get into the sports industry. so that's, I mean, pretty much covered, unless you want to say anything else. But uh, do you have any uh, best purchases under $100 or a life hack? <laughs> or oh, and a life hack. Oh, goodness. <laughs> hmm. Well, I've recently been purchasing a lot of design books. Nice. Uh, haven't read a lot of them yet. They're stacking <laughs> up nicely. That's the story um, of every designer. This is yeah. biology books, create a library. I, yes, I have a whole bookshelf of design books and I, I've read maybe two. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I would uh, invest in your own design library um, and learn from the greats. Uh, I just purchased a book by Ellen uh, Lupton or Lupton. I can't remember how to pronounce her last name, but she is one of the greats with type. Um, and I'm very excited to read this Thinking with Type book that she put out. It's a like a guide um, for just pretty much anything you need to know about type uh, and how to break the rules once you understand the rules. So nice, yeah. I she's also got, yeah, that's a great. It's a, it's a good. Um, it's a good thing to buy design books for sure, and a good place to learn. But Ellen Lupton's also got a great Skillshare course uh, about the. Um, just the, the core principles of design. Uh, I recently took it probably about a year ago now and just refreshed myself. Um, I think it's a really important thing to do is, is every now and then just refresh yourself with principles of design and it will yeah. re-spark some imagination. Absolutely. Really good stuff. Well, there we go. Do you have any uh, um, places where people can message you or find you or check out your work? Uh, yes, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So my handle, just my first and last name on Twitter. I'm also on Behance. I'm on Dribble, but I don't post very much there. Um, my Instagram is just personal uh, stuff. So I would say Twitter, Behance, um, and hopefully soon my portfolio will be up and running again. So yeah, you can check me out in a few different places. Nice. Amazing. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me.